You are listening to the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling A Most Haunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. Welcome, my name is JL Davis, author of the international best-selling haunted horror of Haverford West and founder of the ParanormalChronicles.com. Welcome to a new episode in our ongoing series exploring all things paranormal and spiritual. The Paranormal Chronicles podcast is brought to you by our series sponsor, Sixth Books. Visit www.sixth-books.com to delve into a world of mystery, spiritual wisdom and the supernatural. As a thank you for the 3,000 listens for our series launch, we are happy to announce a monthly giveaway where one of our podcast followers will win a cool paranormal book from Sixth-Books each month. Simply follow on whichever podcast platform you are listening to the show on and one lucky follower will be selected and notified. Make sure you follow as you have multiple chances of winning each year with our monthly draw on tonight's show. How dangerous is the paranormal world? What is the true nature of evil? Should you be using Ouija boards? How could you be putting yourself in danger? Our guest, Jock Brocast, is a Scottish professional medium and spiritual teacher and author of the best-selling Powers of the Sixth Sense and Deadly Departed, The Do's, Don'ts and Dangers of Afterlife Communication. Jock is known for his passion and dedication to afterlife research and spiritual advancement and regularly teaches workshops throughout the USA. He is also respected as a speaker and is often asked to speak at various events on the afterlife and spirituality. If you have any questions regarding this episode, any concerns regarding your involvement with the paranormal, or maybe just a theory or experience you would like to share, then please contact us on Facebook as The Paranormal Chronicles, on Twitter at Paracron, on Instagram as The Paranormal Chronicles, or via email at paranormalchronicles at aol.com. We want to hear from you. On with the show. So welcome to the show, Jock Brocast. Jock, before we begin talking about the nature of evil, about Ouija boards, about advice for paranormal teams and meditation, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us your origin? How did your journey begin? My origin in, uh, in the spirit world really came later in life. As a young person, as a young man, even as a young boy, I always knew there was something different. You know, my uncle was a monk, my granny was a convert, my father was, was a mason, my, my mother was staunch. Catholic, you know, so I, I had a bit of a mixed bag, you know, Heinz 57 variety, but I always knew there was something different, you know, and I was always more studious when I was young, studying you know, religions and spirituality and, and spending my time in the monastery and learning. And then went on to kind of wanted to be a priest and went went down that route, but eventually ended up in the military, had a career in the military, came out, worked in coast protection, security, trained in martial arts. I had so much that was different in my life, but it all culminated into coming home to where I should have been. So I felt as if that every other place that I was was a stepping stone that was preparing me for what I had in the future. And it was a woman called Rachel Frass that first kind of awoke me to the the possibilities that were within myself. And and it went from there. You know, I, I finally came home. And, that, and that's how I felt when I reached that point in my life later. I came home. You wrote the best-selling powers of the sixth sense. What compelled you to write this? It was after 9-11, actually. It was immediately after 9-11 that I did it. Because... I recognized that so many people were under danger of terrorism and I had a security background and things and, you know, in the military. And I, I just 
but I wanted to blend the spiritual abilities with that knowledge and that wisdom. And I didn't want people to become victims to not just terror, but even crime and all sorts of different things that were out there. I actually wrote it as a passion to help people to understand their innate power that they have, uh, which is why, you know, that, that line in the book, you know, it's to remain safe in a hostile world, because let's face it, Gav, this is a hostile world. Yeah. You know, no matter how much beauty that we see in it, no matter how much divinity that's around of us, you know, around us, it is still an inherently dangerous place, which means that there is an element of evil that permeates throughout the world. And so, you know, I wanted to just bring that knowledge of what you have as an inner power within you to awaken that in you so that you could, you know, have a, have a guide map, if you like, for life, you know, have a compass. Where, where that you know you're ste- you're you're being steered through turbulent waters and in, in, in a in a ship and your compass is guiding you to make those right decisions and that's really why I did it after that 9/11 and the terrible atrocities that happened with terrorism I, I just decided that people should learn this stuff and and learn to look after their families themselves and their loved ones and what role does intuition play in your life intuition is a fundamental role in my life it, you know it's Something that I utilize on everyday living. When I meet people, you know, I have an intuitive feeling on them. I know if people are not being truthful with me or if they're hiding things or, you know, I I utilize that intuition to guide me in the right steps that I need to take. Um, I listen to that inner voice that gives me my next idea or that inner voice that says, hey, this is the route that you should be going. I mean, as you know, I'm I'm heavily involved in marketing. I consult consult with, with, with legal companies and big companies and and I actually utilize my intuition. And here's you know here's a funny story for you. Got a job out here in America as a as a an SEO director for a, a very large multi-million dollar hotel conglomerate and they didn't know anything about me and it was a Jewish it was a Jewish organization and people were turning up for a festival and one of the families that was there actually had read the powers of the sixth sense and recognized that it, that it was me and that I was the author because there's not so many jock brokuses around yeah. so I then got a and that was how the people there you know found out that I was a bit more than than your average just marketing director, and it was funny because then those directors would they would take me into meetings that I shouldn't have been in just so that I could utilize that intuition in the meetings to to help guide them, and I did it very successfully. But I also uncovered certain things that shouldn't have been uncovered, like who was dipping the tills and who was actually stealing from the company and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you were so, popular. Uh, you were either very popular or very unpopular. If people uh, ran but, away from you you knew what they were up to i couldn't really stay in that job much too longer because then you know you're looked at differently then you know completely differently i i then kind of went out on my own and stuff like that but it was it was very interesting and for them to see how they took that intuitive aspect on and i i did some readings for some of the staff that you know who had lost loved ones and stuff like that so it kind of helped them as well but you, you can't normally just stay in a job like that and you know work the way that you're supposed to work when when they're looking at you differently so that then came to head and we moved on but i had um it was a great experience and 
everybody should utilize their intuition, should learn to use their intuition um, to help guide them in their life. And it, it can be very simple as knowing which road to take. And that can mean a metaphor for so many different things, not necessarily just driving. What tips can you give to someone to develop their intuition? Absolutely. You know what? When, when people ask a lot of psychic mediums or they ask mediums or spiritual teachers about in, intuition and how they develop it, they always tell them, go on courses, learn meditation, everything else. Here's what I'm going to tell you, which is very simple. I'm going to give you three rules of life that I go by and teach my students. Perceive, believe, conceive. Learn to perceive everything that's in your heart. Believe that you know that God has given it to you and then conceive it into reality. And that's the same with your intuition. Instead of trying to work out the techniques that's involved in it, start becoming more aware of your own life and, and your daily living. Like, for instance, how many people are so asleep, really, is, is the best word for it. They're so they're, they're asleep and they are not aware of not just their surroundings, but their emotions, their feelings, their, their ideas, their thoughts. So I would say, you know, become more aware of yourself in your daily life and be aware of the things that are around you more in a spiritual way. And the the biggest example I can give of it that can help you in that, you know, mindful practice, practice if you like, and mindfulness is a big buzzword in this day, become aware of, we will open your eyes in the morning. A lot of people open their eyes, jump out of bed and give no thought for anything else. Yeah. One of the things that I tend to do is I become aware of my surroundings. I open my eyes and I instantly am aware of my body. I'm instantly aware. The first things I, I'm aware of is the thoughts that come into my mind uh, and th those positive thoughts. The second thing I become aware of is the noise outside. I'm deliberately listening for the birds, the you know nature becoming awake. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the things that are not within the material realm but in the spirit realm. And then even when, when I eat something or I drink something, I become very aware of that process. I become very aware of, you know, if I'm eating a salad, I immediately give myself a thought of, you know, who brought that salad to me? And I don't just think of the shops or the people that sell it. I think of the people who planted the seeds. I try to go back to the root source yeah. of something. You get to understand your intuition. Your intuition starts to awaken naturally. Then you can start looking at developing more of the techniques involved with it and the meditative practices. But become more aware of you. There's a quote, my uh, one of my websites quote, and what it did was, I went for a walk in, in the north of Scotland and I went through, there's a, a favourite a little waterfall path that I went and I sat down and I was like, show me spirit, show me, you know, where you are, show me the reality of God that's here. And immediately in my mind, I had that, I had this and I wrote it down and it's a certain quote where everything around you, you know, you can hear me because I'm in the whisper of the trees, I'm in yeah. the water that you sit by, I'm, it's everywhere. So divinity is everywhere. Your intuition is inside of you. All answers are within. So when you start to recognize and look at the world through spirit's eyes and not through material eyes, you're immediately starting to awake that intuitive aspect to yourself. All the techniques and everything else come later. First thing is becoming aware. Second thing is then becoming aware of the awareness. That gets a lot deeper then. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> so for anyone out there, 
who are not sure if they're intuitive or not. Can you give like a good example, like a specific example of intuition so they can go, oh, yes, I know exactly what he means. Absolutely. Everybody has this. I, I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you one with a cop, a friend of mine, and one where anybody, this appeals to anybody. And you see these in a lot of the psychic books where you're thinking of someone and then the phone rings. That's the, one of the old cliches, isn't yes. it? But I want to take it a wee bit of stage further. For instance, a cop, he is going to, he's been called out to perhaps a warehouse, has been called out to a potential robbery or something. And he thinks he starts to feel bad. He starts to, wait a minute, there's something not right about this. And I'm not going to go in on my own. Maybe I should, you know, there's something not right. Maybe I should call in. And then he calls in for backup and it finds out that there's a perpetrator inside there who is totally armed to the teeth. Yeah. And that that was not called out. It was just basically a, a, a normal robbery. So that intuitive thing or a soldier out in the battlefield who thinks, you know, I'm not going to go down that route because there's something that's not right. I don't feel it's right. And boom, somebody else, you know, another platoon gets ambushed. In, in an easier case, you know, a young lady walking down, the, you know, walking down the street at night, you know, she's finished work, she's going home, it's in the winter nights, and she gets this weird, emo- you know, this weird emotion, this feeling, she's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go down that street today, I don't feel right, and then before you know it, something has happened down there, whether it's been a, an attack, a murder, or a fire, or whatever it is, she has, you know, she has reacted to that internal intuitive feeling, internal emotional feeling that, that comes from, you know, your higher self, your your divinity, your divine authority. So everybody, whether they, you know, they think of their uncles or they think of their, you know, they think of their friend and then all of a sudden they bump into them. That is, you're connecting with that aspect of divine self, divine source. And when you recognize those small little things, those little nuances, little changes in the frequency and the energy, that's when you start building on it because then you know that you're you're awakening your intuition. Stay tuned, we will be right back after these important messages. Sixth books will take you to other worlds, haunt you, open your mind and push you far beyond the veil of the unknown. Sixth Books is a leading publisher of books on the body, mind and spirit, the paranormal, consciousness, ancient wisdom and the afterlife. Explore today, learn today, open your mind today, read today. Visit sixth-books.com today. The world as you know it is about to change. Hi there, my name is Claire Waters and I would like to invite you on an incredible journey. I have written a book based on my personal experiences called Raising Faith, a true story of raising a child's psychic medium. It's my family's extraordinary experiences with our young daughter's ability to communicate with spirits and the inspirational lessons learned on our journey. Raising Faith is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle and wherever books are sold. Join me on this beautiful and incredible adventure. For more information on Raising Faith, visit my website, raisingfaith.co.uk, or my Facebook page, Raising Faith Book. See you there. The international chart-topping haunted horror of Haverford West has been described as terrifyingly real and must-read, shocking and chilling brilliance, genuinely worrying and chilling. Utterly frightening, don't read before bed. Described as one of the spookiest writers out there, best-selling author G.L. Davies presents Haunted Horror of Haverford West, the true paranormal account that is shocking the world. Dare you enter? Dare you read? Haunted Horror of Haverford West is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, 
Kindle and wherever books are sold. Pray you never have to live there. Do you wish for more paranormal and spiritual content? The Paranormal Chronicles magazine is a free digital magazine crammed with the very best in paranormal and spiritual articles and features. No sign-up, no subscription, just free reading and knowledge for you. Read today at www.theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. Now you followed up Powers of the Sixth Sense, which is an amazing read. First 10 minutes there, Jock has kind of touched upon you know, certain elements of that. So you followed up The Powers of the Sixth Sense with a book that has been described as the must-read book for anyone delving into the world of the paranormal and spirituality. Deadly Departed is the guide on the do's, don'ts and dangers on the afterlife. Trust me, people, I read it every day. Trust me, this is one of the greatest books you will ever, ever read. Not once, not twice, but you will have there forever. So what compelled you to write this excellent book? Because there's people out there probably, what's Deadly Departed? Well, here's here's a very simple analogy. I wrote Powers of the Sixth Sense to deal with the dangers in the material world. I wrote Deadly Departed to deal with the dangers in the spirit world. Both of them are, if you like, kind of intertwined. One is in the, the dangers of the material, but now we're going into the dangers of the spirit world. Because here's the thing. It, there's so many spiritualists and there's so many mediums and things. They'll say that when you're in the spirit world, there's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as negativity. That's very foolhardy and foolish. And we have examples of it through thousands and thousands of years. Way back to Samaria, Mesopotamia, uh, uh, malevolent forces and demons, that kind of thing way back then. Um, and it was, and it's not governed by religion that a lot of people think um, that there, there has been that aspect there. And the reality is, is a very simple kind of analogy or a metaphor about it is: you only know pain because you know health. You only know up because you know what down is, and you only know light because you understand that that there is polar opposites in everything. So the only reason that we understand good is because evil exists. Because if there was no evil that existed, there would no be there would be no polar opposite. There would be no pain. There would be only goodness that would thrive. There'd be only goodness in the universe. And there would be there wouldn't be a need for an opposite. So therefore evil has a dual role. One, it teaches us uh, lessons and it helps us to grow by understanding. But two, there's a very malevolent aspect of it which exists in the world of spirit and people can unwittingly and unknowingly open themselves up to it and there's a great vast divide um especially in, in professional mediumship circles where they're just too afraid to recognize it and it's a little bit like a skeptic a skeptic's only a skeptic until he actually experiences something real and paranormal yeah then he's no longer a skeptic then he, then he's a researcher you know, there's, there's, there's a difference, you know, there's, and, and, and it's the same in, with mediumship. You know, there's a lot of mediums that don't really experience it and will never experience it. And I'm, I'm glad that they don't. But just because you don't believe that it doesn't exist, it doesn't need you to believe in it to validate its existence. Because you don't believe in demons, demons believe in you. You don't need to believe in them. That is an excellent quote. That should be on a cover of a book. Now we... we... <laughs> That is amazing. I love that. That's my quote. Nobody steal it. Nobody steal it. That's going to be on a t-shirt. That's going to be on a meme. Just because you don't believe in demons doesn't mean that is terrifying. I love it. In the powers of the sixth sense, you were dealing with intuition. With Deadly Departed, it's more to do with like the spirit world, the dangers, the do's yeah. and don'ts. The rule book, basically, which nobody ever yeah. gives you. Okay. Now, how can people tell 
if they've got like psychic gifts and abilities do they have this power within them now there's people out there maybe clueless that they might have a special ability or gift how would they begin to harness that to develop that well it's, it's the same it's the same process really in as i talk about you know before about powers of the sixth sense it's becoming more aware of you more aware of your divine power within you your divine authority once you understand that you are a divine being everybody's psychic every single person in the world is psychic and i have another saying that, that i that i teach a lot of people was just because you can sing doesn't mean you can sing yeah you know everybody has it to a degree uh, some people have uh, you know more than others and, and and i'm going to really probably cheese a lot of people off here because there's a great argument i suppose in mediumship whether mediums are born or whether they're all you know mediums are born simple that's that's the way i looked at it. but everybody has a capacity for mediumship but some people can sit at a piano and plunk a tune and other people can sit at a piano and play a symphony and it all depends on what your destiny is there's people out there that are, that are desperate to be mediums and stand up give readings do everything else all that and no matter how hard they try they, they will never achieve what they're trying to achieve because it's not in their destiny and the, the biggest problem that we have is that a lot of people that you know maybe watch it on tv it, it still is an, a, a thing inside of them and they think it's cool and i say in, in deadly departed it's the Gucci handbag syndrome. It's the coolest thing to do. I cannot tell you how many times people don't even know I'm a medium. In America, I'm in a bookshop, a coffee shop, and somebody says they're a medium. Or they say they do this. and then they, Or they try to give me a reading, which is a big no-no for me. And then they find out who I am. Or the fact that you know I actually am you know, a professional medium and have a great deal of experience in it. And there's a lot of backtracking. Everybody wants to be a medium. Like, everybody wants to be a paranormal investigator. Like, everybody wants to be famous. That's really not what mediumship is about. Mediumship partly is about bringing, you know, evidence of life after death and helping people through the grieving process. But mediumship is bigger than that as well. It's about recognizing the divine authority you have, the capacity of that power within your uh your life to be able to serve others. Yeah. You know, as a as a great guide once said, the greatest gift that you can give humanity is the gift of service. And that's true. And so I look at mediumship as being a gift to humanity and a gift of service. But also in the work that I do and people that maybe have spiritual issues and spiritual problems, I utilize my mediumship, my abilities there to be able to help in that respect. But going back to how people recognize that they've got it in them, there'll be a deep-seated knowing. There'll be that feeling, and they'll have experiences that you can't really understand, or they'll maybe even have a, a, a visitation or a vision. Or, you know, There's a difference between mediumship and intuition. You hear the old saying, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Yeah. Everybody's psychic, but it doesn't make them a medium. How can one discern, say, if they have mediumship abilities? I might have uh, special abilities, but because of mental health issues, I might think it's just my mental health. You know, that's a great area, you know, because mental health, when we look at the DSM-5, which, you know, we have, um, you know, multiple personality disorder, disassoci disassociative identity disorder. I do not like to say mental problems. I just like to say a mental imbalance 
And the reason that I will say that, I recently wrote a, a big article on this in a, a New Zealand magazine because I don't want to turn around and say someone has got a mental disease when I actually have a, a belief or a perception that that mental process may be some kind of mediumship psychosis. And what that person needs is education, teaching, cleansing and development to be able to do that. And I, and I will give you a situation. I have helped someone very quickly after suffering from schizophrenia for 20 odd years heal from it and not have any need for doctors or medication or anything wow i was not special in any way i just utilized the mediumship capacities that i had to identify certain traits and certain things and i educated and worked with this individual to help them and that pair and i've had letters from the family that just couldn't believe it they'd gone through everything they'd went to see healers they'd been to doctors they were on medication so much. And I believe probably 90% of what we claim is mental illness is nothing more than uh, spiritual imbalance or spiritual influence. And that's kind of where I think education comes in. And so someone who's hearing voices might not necessarily mean they're ill. It might mean that they actually have a mediumship ability or they have the ability to be uh, sensitive to the energies of the other side and so what what it requires is development guidance uh, and, and knowledge to be able to deal with that because it's such a gray area because you don't want to embellish a mental health but at the same time no. it may be genuinely a gift or an ability which we Absolutely. are masking with drugs and treatment and making yeah. people feel they don't belong in society when in fact they can be here to serve and help society. Absolutely. And the drugs that they take actually breaks down their spiritual barriers, which makes them prone to possession. Do you ever think there'll be a time in the future where we recognise this? Do you think society will change? Or do you think we're always going to be in this world where it's them against us? I, I pray that there's a day that we bring science and spirituality together. And whilst we're looking in the mainstream towards science, uh, and there's a lot of doctors and things, you know, there's a lot of research and stuff out there. But we need to we need, we need to take that leap of faith and try and re recognize there's something bigger than us and that we need to understand that much more than than just the material aspect. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I know that there is there, there is, uh, you know, biological imbalances within within the brain and, you know, in certain areas that can cause uh, malfunctions of the, the biological processes in the body and that can, you know, what people understand as a mental disease. I honestly, most of the people I've come across that have had these experiences, it is nothing more than spiritual influence or or, or basically a, a spiritual imbalance and, and that really helps. And I really, really, really hope, I pray, and that's something I'm working towards it's something I really, really want to try and, and, and bring uh, awareness and help to that side is try and bring those two aspects together. I had a great conversation recently and an article was writing and, and the parapsychologist, you know, this, the, the doctor whom you and I both know, had said to us, and I really respect him, he says, you know, Jock, you know, article, you're making some bold claims. Um, but with big claims, requires big evidence, and it throws it back to Occam's Razor. Now, Occam's Razor talks about making assumptions on something, but the reality is is that it's almost, through all the assumptions and perceptions that we have, it's, all, it's always the simplest answer that exists. But what people or what doctors or what researchers are looking at, they're looking at a simple answer in the material world. But what if 
the simple answer is the Occam's razor simple answer is very simply it was a spirit influence and not what you're looking at in the material world that throws it right back to them they can say yes there's got to be a simple explanation but what if that simple explanation is the spirit influence exactly and when you consider we only use 10 to 11 percent of our brain what is the other 90 percent capable of we could be capable of incredible things exactly. this could be perfectly natural to us but Absolutely. we are so entrapped in the material world we've forgotten how to use our gifts you know people say to me gav you're intuitive you've got abilities i don't feel like i have to me i i don't feel like i have any gifts or abilities and when i speak to people like you and i speak to people like clear waters from raising faith and they say no no you have it everyone has it it's just about tapping into it. Now, you wake up in the morning and you have the awareness of the birds and where you are and sense of place and your place in the universe. I wake up and I'm like, right, I've got to write this today. I've got to do that today. And I'm very <laughs> much entrenched in the material world. Okay, well, I'm going to throw yours right out there because I love your book. Haunted Haverford West. Awesome. I couldn't put it down. And here's the thing that I'm, if anybody's listening and the question whether Gavin's intuitive or not, I can take people into that same house and they won't experience a thing. But then I can take people who are intuitive and who are sensitive and they will. And so part of the explanation of what happened to you there is, is you are already sensitive to those energies and sensitive. And so it would be exacerbated. Everybody has a sensitivity and some people will experience it more than others. Other people can be go in and be so absolutely blasé to it. And that kind of explains why sometimes sceptics who are totally shut down will walk into a place um, because they've shut down their own percept, they've shut down their own radar, they've shut down their own internal uh, divine power by them being entrenched in the material science things and are not willing to open up. And so they won't experience what a sensitive will experience. But sometimes there also comes a time where that person who is is, is uh, sceptical and actually has a bit of awakening through that experience and it makes them question things. So the very fact, you know, when you went into that home, you were already intuitive, you were already sensitive to those energies which is why your experiences were as strong as they were fascinating jock if i ever ever get to go back to that house i would love it if you were the first person i don't even know if i could go into to the house of so people are like what house are they on about i wrote a book called haunted horror of haverford west and awesome. jock read it jock's good half said i've never seen him so engrossed in something he's normally on the go he's only doing <laughs> this and that was the best compliment ever now to, to cement that fact I'm doing a feature documentary for this podcast series on a road near me, and it's the, it's the most possibly the most haunted road in Wales. I get two, three, maybe four accounts per week reports. Yet every time I post an article, I get a thousand people saying, "I've walked it a thousand times, and I've never ever felt anything. What a load of rubbish!" And I think your theory there kind of explains that as well. Not all of us are going no. to feel it. So where is a small percent of us will walk down that road and we'll see and hear things. The majority of people, they're closed off. They're thinking about going to the bank. They're thinking about what's on TV tonight. They've, I'm going to I might upset a lot of people here, right? I don't stay awake on Christmas Eve expecting to see Santa Claus. because. I'm, oh my God, what have you done to me? Because <laughs> I know he ain't coming anymore. He hasn't come to my house since about 1986 when I was 11. Don't tell Joe that, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, don't listen to this. That, that, that chugs ever half. 
So moving on, Deadly Departed to me and to many other people that I've spoken to within my network have, have used this book on a daily basis. They say this is the foundation for any study into the paranormal. Parapsychologists are copying paste research and hoping to make a quick buck and labeling themselves as experts as they recycle the same old methods used for centuries. But Deadly Departed is that must read the book not only goes into the methodology but warns you of the real potential dangers out there books that every paranormal investigation team really needs anyone out there who's interested in the paranormal the supernatural the occult start with these books do me a favor if you haven't done anything yet you're thinking of starting a team you're thinking of delving going beyond the veil start with this book just do me a favor just read this book okay because this is what you need to know. This is your manual. You, you know, this is going to keep you out of trouble. This is going to heighten your experience, okay? Coming off the back of that, one of the most frequently asked questions I get is about the use of Ouija boards. Now, to me, a yeah. Ouija board, I don't really use them. This is weird for me, right? Because I'm like, yeah, they're just boards, but I don't use it, right? Because there's this little thing deep down. It's like, don't use it, Gav. They're wrong. And Deadly Departed covers this amongst other amazing information. Everything you need. As I said, everything you need to know is in this book, right? So Deadly Departed covers this in detail. Could you give us your insight into Ouija boards? Ouija boards are just innocuous boards that actually don't mean nothing. But what the biggest problem is, is the, it's the intention behind the, pe the people that use the Ouija board. There's a mass consciousness of a Ouija board and what it stands for. And these talking boards. Now, the very first kind of spirit connection board first discovered in ancient China. And even before that, they used similar things way back in Mesopotamia. If you bring it into the modern day from the 18th century where it was used in, in France and, and further on in spiritualism where it was used as, as a talking board, a parlor game, it's not necessarily the board that is the danger. It's the intention and the vibration of the people utilizing the board. And just because you use a board, I can basically take a Ouija board and then take something else and turn it into a Ouija board because it's the intention behind it. It's very, very dangerous because the intent is that you want to communicate with spirits on the other side, i.e. you're open for an invitation. And so whilst a board can harbour energy and whilst a board can harbour, you know, malevolent portals or it can, it can help, you know, to, to create that, it is not the board, essentially. And in fact, I can still go into Barnes & Noble here in, in America and find spirit boards sold to kids. It's just crazy because the intention is to communicate with the other side. What you think your vibration is at may not be what your vibration is at. You, you might think you're highly vibrating. And even when you say a prayer of protection, your prayer of protection might be with words that are said gleebly, words that are spoken without heart feeling, without raising the vibration, without opening that consciousness, without actually vibrating the, the level that will allow that protection or that request to work. Just saying the words is not enough. So your vibration might tell something different to what you think you are and then when you open yourself up and you're willing to communicate and you open those channels to receive that invitation you invite spirit to you if you're not vibrating a high rate you, you've got no way of discerning whether that spirit's malevolent or whether that spirit's benign and malevolent spirits can come as imposters and show themselves as benign and we're letting children buy Ouija boards. I mean, well, it's crazy. And there's so many mediums out there are selling them because, you know, it makes money. And the thing is, now you have got a mass conscious energy where people, you know, there's a belief the Ouija board is dangerous and attracts evil. 
And whether you believe in that or not, there's a mass consciousness that does, and that also helps to fuel that energy. And a lot, exactly, it's a spiritual law of attraction. Like attracts like. But essentially, when you go down and sit and use a Ouija board, you're opening yourself up and you're inviting spirit to communicate. If it's good spirits that are there or loved ones that are there, yeah, they might communicate. In the hands of a really professional medium who has developed over many, many years and has good discernment, it can be used as a catalyst to kind of, you know, do that communication. But even myself, you know, as, as being a, a professional medium and, and de- you know, continually developing, I still wouldn't use a Ouija board. No, and I never, and I tell you something, if anybody calls me into a problem that they may have in a home, I don't go in there and start communicating and asking who's there. Is there anybody here who wants to talk to me? Because I'm, I'm immediately creating an, an invitation. There's certain other there's certain other modus operandi that I go in and, and I, I I deal with. Um, I wouldn't want to create that invitation, so I wouldn't use the Ouija board. People who are using it, the only reason they're using it is to communicate with spirit, and they might not be getting the right spirits. And and also when you look at all the case histories of a lot of the modern um, demonic cases, uh, possession, malevolent forces, ninety percent of it has actually been activated through the Ouija board. Do you know, I get a lot of people contact me and they say, I don't really believe. I'm not I'm not very interested or I don't believe or but they always say there was this one time when me and my mum or me and my sister or me and my friends did a Ouija board. Something strange happened. And then they tell you this berserk ghost story. (laughs) And it's like you don't believe you use something that everybody knows is weird and like it's got a real stigma attached to it we all know it's a block of wood it's a block of wood with letters on okay you've got three or four people sat around a piece of wood desperate focusing their very energies heightened awareness what can i hear what can i sense goosebumps you know goosebumps city what's going on or the planchette can be moved by micro muscle movement yeah absolutely that's fine but it's the intent you want something to happen it's like if somebody was ill in hospital the whole family get around and they pray and they wish and they send good positive thoughts they want that miracle they want something good to happen and guys it works the other way around ghost hunters go out and they shout is there anybody here show yourself inviting it in inviting us invitation invitations there straight away and there's a lot of paranormal investigators that their lives are upside down because they don't know that they're being influenced things happen it's like i said right you know i said at the beginning you don't have to believe in demons they believe in you exactly i love that quote it's jock's book deadly departed the do's don'ts and dangers of afterlife communication okay that's jock's book it's not my book okay read it read jock's book if you're a paranormal investigator or you're looking to go into the paranormal please do me a huge favor whether you buy it you borrow it you steal it you go down the library you get it on kindle you contact jock direct right just do me a favor right it's important because it's not all about well you use this scientific equipment and this will happen it's not just about that you wrote a chapter in deadly departed which you kind of touched upon earlier dealing with the nature of evil Mm. could you explain to our listeners the very real nature of evil and i've also want to ask you as well have you ever encountered anything so evil that you felt ill-equipped yeah i have i think i had to experience it because 
because it, it made me recognize the real divine authority that I had. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've been on my hands and knees praying in the wee hours of the morning, crying my eyes out because of what I'm experiencing. And I have I have had, you know, I've had scratches done up my body and stuff like that, but not to the point of, you know, where it's massive or anything. But here's the thing, there's, a, there's an old saying that the battlefield of the mind. Most of the warfare that goes on between evil and in the material realm is really in the mind and it can really turn uh, someone upside down. And mediums are open to that. You know, mediums, I, I've known mediums that have, have stop mediumship and you know seek me, you know medical counseling because of what they're experiencing and i'll be honest as well i've had mediums from organizations that totally deny the existence that have approached me in secret from there and would never want their names associated with it but have approached me in secret for help because they've experienced things and i would never i would never divulge it because i know what it means to them but they're too frightened to say you know this is real and i've experienced it you know because they're part of maybe another organization that doesn't necessarily uh, support that that hypothesis they're terrified to come out so i've, I've had a lot of them constant you know contact me but evil in itself evil is a direct relation it's a direct opposite to the light it hates anything from the light it hates anything that is that is remotely divine in any nature and it has and what i will say there's a difference between when people will say well it can be you know it's just a consciousness and i'm going to blow this out of the water a bit actually it's just a consciousness that man has created and it's an existential aspect of of man or it's an external aspect that's been that's been thought out and man did it well evil has gone on way before time before man even existed but let me ask you this if it was something that was created through a thought form of of consciousness expression would evil then have will and intent would it have will intent and intelligence the the reality is is that real pure evil has its own will it has its intelligence and it has the ability to discern that is not just a conscious facet of your friggin mind it is not a facet or outside of you that man has created this has an intelligence it moves in an intelligent way it, yeah. it basically controls and manipulates intelligently it can discern it has will and it tries to subjugate the spirit of the human it tries to subjugate and take over the will of the human now 90% of the paranormal teams that go out there and say that they're dealing with demons are not because the reality is if you deal with anything really of a malevolent force you know this as well as I do Gav yeah. you're never ever ever gonna forget it nope. and it will, will forever be etched in your mind and you will forever be a target and you will forever have to increase your level of awareness. Something that I do, I realized when I wrote Deadly Departed, it was a book that maybe the other side wouldn't want out there. And I've experienced things since the books came out, things that have happened. But it doesn't stop the momentum. It doesn't stop me because I know that it needs to be, that knowledge needs to be there. And I give it freely and willingly to help humanity in any way, shape or form. So evil has a will and an intent. And it is not just an expression of, of man's thoughts. During the campaign to promote Haunted Horror of Hanford West, I was house-sitting a very isolated house, and it was around the time that I was being diagnosed with bipolar, and there were certain things going on in my life. There were so much strange things happening to me. Not, you know, mischievous things or funny little quirky things, but I felt very afraid. It was like, because what I explored in the book 
was real accounts and i talked about you know we talk about ghosts and spirits and poltergeists and demons there, there's a hierarchy out there and there's something at the top of the food chain which is terrifying absolutely and, and we go out inviting it into our homes what could be worse than demons there is something out there worse than demons one of the quotes that i was given by a medium for my book was there's something out there and whatever it is god didn't create it and the devil fears it. There's a hierarchy. That's, out there, yeah, I remember that quote, yeah. There's something out there, guys. So when you're there with your night vision cameras in your graveyards and your older buildings or you're sat with your Ouija boards, just be careful, guys. There is something out there. I have had that personal affliction. I've suffered with dependency, stress, mental health. I've had a stroke, been homeless. There are factors out. People say, well, that's just coincidental. At the end of the day, you're a human being. You've got free will. You're accountable. Yeah, I am accountable. But there are negative negative influences and it doesn't matter how positive you are it's a tough fight and it's a fight you're not likely to win on your own that's exactly right it, it doesn't you know you can't go in like i say in the book you can't just go in there with incense sticks and god knows what else and hope that you're going to clear everything it just doesn't work you know you there has to be divine power behind this to actually be able to deal with it and that's what you need to recognize that's when you realize it takes a divine power a divine source to to deal with it and and here's the other thing you know in, in the ice it's something I've been studying lately and it's something that I'm going to you know, write about more in depth is we have the spiritual law of like attracts like and we say that you know if you're of evil intent you're going to experience it but there is there, there, there is a caveat to that and sometimes even good gets targeted and attracted and, and uh, you know evil is attracted to good to destroy it so that like attracts like only works in the in some respects because there has been so many saints and so many very spiritual people that have been subjugated and attacked by evil it begs it begs a question that even good people are under threat from evil and knowledge gives strength to the arm is what i believe do you have any advice for any paranormal teams out there or those looking to embark on a journey to explore beyond the veil obviously reading your book is a huge part of that but people listening to this they're not listening to this by accident they're interested in the paranormal they might have their own paranormal team or looking to start one they might be looking to become mediums what is your golden advice before they do anything become aware of yourself before you do anything outside anything on another realm become aware of your own inherent power develop try and live i've got a i've got a, a great a video on my youtube channel where i talk about living a clean life and that goes not just for mediums that goes for anyone that goes for any paranormal investigator the thoughts that you have the experiences they have the interactions you have with people all of these have an energetic balance and I try to be very, very, very aware of my thoughts and what I give out and, you know, that, that old karma thing. You know, I, I want to become more aware of the power that I have and myself before I even deal with anything, with anything else. And I would say that people who are interested in, in researching the paranormal, don't do it just for a fun weekend. You know, be serious about it, learn, study. But most of all, theory is only good when theory gives you a little bit of knowledge, but wisdom takes development. I love that. Talking of like wisdom and development, on your superb YouTube channel, uh, which is called Jock Broadcast Evidential Medium, check it out. You cover in-depth subjects like demons and obsessions, yeah. animals in the afterlife, grief and unknown dangers, mediumship, and a huge array of amazing topics. I advise everyone to check the channel out. Seriously, do it. Jock is such a cool guy. He's really relatable. He presents the channel as if he's talking to you direct. One of the subjects you cover 
is meditation. Now, so yeah. many people, including myself, struggle to meditate. Do you have any tips or techniques that you recommend? Yeah, don't think that you struggle because it's not a struggle. Actually, meditation is the easiest thing to do. And it starts with, you know, a lot of people will say, take meditation, sit in a room, be very silent, you know, listen to music. But sometimes we have that old monkey mind. Our mind is going everywhere, okay? I would say somebody who's getting into a med meditative state, when you go out of the door in the morning and you see a flower, just stop for a minute, recognize that flower, recognize the seed of that flower, recognize for that, just that moment in time, how beautiful that is. See the, the, the beauty of a rose, recognize its divine authority, its divine essence, how it was brought into the, you're starting to learn to meditate just by raising that awareness in your own normal daily life when you hear a child cry give yourself a thought for you know the beauty of life on the miracle that, that it is you know god gives you a miracle to live every day 24 hours you have that miracle how you how you deal with that is up to you even with its trials and the struggles that we have in the material world there is that time when we can recognize the beauty, the essence and the divinity in something, whether it's a person, whether it's a, something of beauty, whether it's in nature, that is the first step to learning to meditate. Then you can start to, to get into that point of taking a little bit of time out nice and slowly and realizing the biggest lesson I ever med that I ever learned, you know, was given to me from my wife. And and I can meditate for a long time now and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty good at it, you know, but I still get the monkey mind, you know, from time to time. One of the greatest things that, that Joanne said to me is I says, I just cannot switch my, my mind off. It's all these things I need to do just keep coming up. And she says, so what? Just let it come up and let it go. Don't worry about it. Just go back in and, and just try and visualize colors or whatever you were doing at the time. The, the problem is, is that when we have thought interference in our mind, we immediately give awareness to that interference. And then it takes us out of that meditative experience. And I will give you a little technique for everybody to recognize and work with that will help you calm that mind. The secret of meditation is to become aware of being aware. And that's quite a deep experience that I, mentioned, that I mentioned before. But the easiest way to understand that is to become aware of the time and the space between your breath. So when you breathe in and you breathe out, people will say count and count yourself down and become relaxed. But when you breathe in, that space between the in-breath and the out-breath, when you do that deeply now and anybody who's listening does that, that tiny little essence of time, that is when there is total silence. That's when the mind is totally connected to divinity. And that is when nothing interferes. Nothing can come into your mind. Because when you breathe in, you're using all your, your, your biological processes to breathe in. But when you're ready to breathe out, that tiny little space, that expanse in time, there is nothing there. When you become more aware of that, that expanse, that time, that little in-between breath, starts to calm down your whole mind and it starts to help you in your meditative practice. I was doing that while you were speaking, honestly, and I've, I've got tingles in my, in my head. I feel so relaxed. You've got stuff on your YouTube channel, haven't you, about meditation? Yeah, I mean, the, the YouTube channel is, is fairly new because what happened was when I decided, so many people would ask me questions. I decided, right, if you buy Deadly Departed and I have this, I have a Facebook group that you could join. And the beauty of that, and there's, there's only a few people in it just now, but as more people come into it and they get, a lot of people don't join because they're terrified to ask questions because what 
happens is, is you come in, you come in that group and you ask questions and I teach. So I, I openly teach and I hold nothing back. You ask a question, I'll teach it on audio and I'll teach it on video. And I also then did the same. I take that, you know, I take questions from people who want knowledge, will openly teach that. And I might not always be right, but I will try, you know, I will try my, my hardest to make sure that I give good knowledge and good information. But here's the other thing. I never script nothing. Everything's natural. I, I don't look at notes. I don't look at nothing. I went, and somebody asked me that when I did a video, and I said, no, I actually don't script that. I just stand and speak from my heart. I just stand and speak with the knowledge that I have. I have got so much that's coming out. In fact, just recently, I planned uh, some interviews, and, and you're obviously going one of them, but I've also planned uh, different lessons that people have been asking me for, and I'm just going to have, you know, I'm going to take a couple of days a month where I just I just record these lessons, and I'll put them out for people to learn on YouTube. So, you know, if you've got a question about the paranormal, if you've got a question that you, you're, you're confused about, you know, drop me a message, buy the book, join the Facebook group, ask a question. And also, yeah, anybody who buys the book, I also sign, I send out um, signed bookmarks that I give away because some people wanted signed books and, and they can't get them in the UK or wherever they are. And so I, I, I had bookmarks made and I send them out to people who want them. But ask questions and, and I'll teach. I, I'll give you the, as much as I possibly can. I'll share that knowledge and wisdom with you. A personal endorsement. I interview the people who interest me. I interview the people who have got great knowledge, great wisdom. A lot of people you hear on my podcast because they've, they've really connected to me. I feel something. There's millions of books out there and there's some really bad books out there. And Deadly Departed is not one of those. It's an amazing book. And Jock has helped me with my own personal struggle of what happened to me in 2002 and every time I feel like I've shaken off my experience is it's like it's an attachment and that's that's another theme for another yeah. show which I'm sure I'll get you back Absolutely. for that and Jock has opened my eyes and let me see this whole new layer of my experience and is helping me through it the same way you might get if you've gone through grief he's given me that spiritual support and his knowledge on the paranormal he's so eloquent and so natural with his ability read the book join him on facebook ask him questions he'll be your friend he'll help you out watch him on youtube deliver his shows on demons to evps to ouija boards to exorcism and learn if you want to be in a paranormal group if you want to be a psychic medium if you want to develop your skills jock will help you He's not a billionaire guy with a false tan and squinty eyes and in a big theater full of people. This is a real guy and he's the nicest guy in the world. And he is so, he's like Pope of the paranormal. You know, like, <laughs> he know, honestly, he knows what he's on about. His book is on my desk all the time. There's people out there, they think they're so knowledgeable when they're not and their books are just copy and pasted. Deadly Departed is amazing. I can't endorse it enough. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's on my desk, right? Jock, you could tell I've got so much respect and admiration for you. We could fill like 10 hours easily, uh, right? Absolutely, Gav, yeah. What's next for you? Right, well, I am doing the Deadly Departed Companion, which is going to be a companion guide, a companion book that goes even deeper into the dangers of the paranormal in terms of demonology and, and working on that field. And um, that is going to be the companion. I'm also working on another after that, after the companion, which will be even deeper and will bring out a new hypothesis on things. But also what I'm doing at the moment is, is uh, myself and a few other people and, and colleagues and researchers, we are putting up, got a conference that's 
coming up called Parawise, and it is not going to be a normal paranormal conference. We are going to have religious people there. We are going to have parapsychologists there. This is going to be an educational number of days in America where we will have authors talking about their real experiences from possessions to hauntings. We will have the parapsychologists and the scientists there will be lectures and there will be real discussions and we'll have religious people from religious organizations that will be there. That is massively, it's due to come out in 220 and uh, it's something I'm working on at the moment with, with the rest of the people involved. I think that is going to be hopefully going to be a stepping stone into real education on uh, you know this aspect and, and the side of things from not a normal kind of paranormal type conference that we're doing, you know, more of an educational, professional side of things that we're, we're developing now to help and share knowledge and wisdom. So that's it. We've got The Deadly Departed Companion, then the next book, and uh, and then the, the conference, and then everything else that I do, I, I, I help people as much as I possibly can. Now, Powers of the Sixth Sense and Deadly Departed by Jock Brocast, B-R-O-C-A-S, are both available on Amazon, Kindle, and wherever books are sold. And trust me, they are must-read. You've heard me endorse a book tonight. These are books you need to start with if you're embarking on your journey. Start with these, and then contact Jock for further guidance and information. Jock, can you tell our listeners how they can contact you? Absolutely. You can go on to my site or jockbrokers.com. You can find me on YouTube on uh, Jockbrokers Medium or Evidential Medium. You'll find me there. And you can follow me on Instagram, Spiritual Medium, or under my name on Twitter, Jock Brokers. And if you just want to you know, go on Instagram or go on any of the social media and just send me a question, then I'll make sure that, that I answer it to the best of my ability and knowledge. And if I don't know the answer, I will know someone who does. Jock, you are an amazing guy. And I'm so blessed to have you in my life as a teacher, as a mentor, and as a friend. And I can't thank you enough. And we will be having you back on. So there we have it. Please keep in touch with Jock. There are many dangers out there and you can reach out to Jock. He wants to help. He really does. Jock also writes for the Paranormal Chronicles free digital magazine. Read yours today at theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash magazine. It's a free read and it's jam-packed full of goodness. Don't forget to press follow so you have a chance of winning some paranormal or spiritual books from sick-books.com. This series is about sharing knowledge. Enjoy the other episodes, listen to ancient mysteries, children seeing ghosts, a scientist's proof of afterlife. There is so much more to come. Before we go, let me leave you with this. Tonight we discussed the nature of evil and we discussed mental health. And this came to mind. My own experience flooded back. Please know you're really important. Your life matters. You are loved and you are valued. And no matter how bad life gets, it can get better. Don't give in to the nature of evil. Never give up. Please realise you are important. Sleep well.